Welcome back to the Law Unscripted, where we talk about everything about the law and the legal system that you never knew. Never understood. And no one ever told you. Uh, This week, we are going to be talking about what in the world is personal injury law. What does that mean? What is it? And what do you do with it? (laughs) So that's our topic of the week, because truly, no one ever tells you these things. And you don't know. I don't. I hardly know when I do it. I don't but, know about that. <laughs> no, it's it's true. I'm Virginia Tarani. I'm Chelsea Rogers. And we are with the Law Inscripted. Um, we are Tarani Law LLC because you never need a lawyer. Till you do. Okay. Podcast okay. we are it is January and I'm freezing to death while I'm like hot. <laughs> so we decided to go a little more cash today and Chelsea's in a t-shirt while I'm in clearly a sweater. Um, but we're, we're totally going cash and I've got an extra blanket called my dog, um, on top. (laughs) So we're going to see what layers of clothing we have today. Um, but we do have our dog friends joining us. I've got Willow, um, on me. That's my little Merle colored Cocker Spaniel. And I think you might be able to see Sky, our silky terrier on the edge sitting next to Willow. Um, Charlie's wandering again. We're going to see how feisty he gets today. Um, and then see if we can get him on the couch with me. He's on a mission though. Maybe not. He really is. (laughs) So yeah. So we're, um, brought to you by truly, we're brought to you by Tarani law, but this is the law inscripted where we're going to do conversation of, Mm -hmm. you know, yes, we're going to talk about personal injury law, what it means, what, how to describe it, what What we actually do all day, what, what I do. And yeah, but we're going to do it in a fun, com- hopefully fun conversational way with a lot of examples. Yeah. I mean, I know you have some great stories. I love my job. I, I really do. It's fascinating. It's interesting. I highly recommend law school um, and the legal field for, for certain things. Not so much. You know, I'll, I'll reserve my opinion on law school until I graduate. Okay, fair enough. I I am very glad that I went. I am very glad I do what I do. I will tell you, I get bored very easily. So the type of law that I do, I, I'm glad that I do it because it's fascinating. It's interesting. You wouldn't necessarily think so, but yeah. it there are so many crazy things, crazy facts, crazy cases, Fun and interesting clients. Um, I think the clients are the key because they they're, they just come from all different walks of life. You know, mm-hmm. anybody who is injured, anybody who gets in a car accident. Um, and so you have an interesting mix of people that I think you could deal with on a day-to-day basis. I love them. I mean, I do love our clients. <laughs> so, so, yeah. So we're going to go. We're continuing our, our track through the basics mm-hmm. of law of what, what are basic meanings of the things that we do, the things that we care about. And the, one of the biggest questions that I get is, Oh, you're a personal injury attorney. But what's that? (laughs) (laughs) What what in the world? What is that? Um, and sometimes I even have a a little bit of a difficulty explaining it. I call myself, um, an accident injury attorney because I mostly focus on car accidents or traffic accidents, car, motorcycle, um, bicycle, pedestrian, truck accidents, but I have done personal injury law as a whole. Right. Which encompasses, we were just talking about it a little bit before everything from sort of what you might think of when you think personal injury, which are these, you know, traffic accidents, car accidents, but through 
maybe, um, you know, like an injury that happens at a school, um, you know, go to a restaurant and get injured, all kinds of things. Yeah. It really is broad. Yeah. It, it, the basic definition I would give it is personal injury law is when you help somebody who has been injured and -hmm. it wasn't their fault. That, that to me is the basics. I go to a networking group every Wednesday and that's how I pitch myself Mm -hmm. is I represent victims who are injured and it wasn't their fault. And I think that's the, that's the best way that I have to sum up what is personal injury law. Absolutely. And I think, um, when I learned in law school, I think prior to law school, most people just think criminal law, that is the law and maybe a divorce attorney here or there, but then you learn about all of these corporate attorneys and all of these. But I think what makes working in this field special is you kind of deal with people a lot more than you might in other areas of the law. You know, you're in court, you deal with people, um, without necessarily having to do criminal law, right? Absolutely. So I, when I think of corporate law, Mm -hmm. I think of that step removed. You're yes. dealing with businesses. You're doing I, Doc I think, a lot of <laughs> yeah, a lot of document review, a lot of paperwork, yeah. a lot of writing. Where it's almost a step removed. Yes, they have clients, mm-hmm. um, but it's almost a step removed. Whereas criminal law is very people oriented, yes. very personal. Yes. Representation. But then when I moved over to civil law, I was like, oh, I won't be able to have that same kind of interaction, that same kind of relationship with clients. But sure enough, with what I do with personal injury, it's a very close relationship and interaction with clients. I'm not, I am doing paperwork. I do a lot of motions and and court um, pieces, but most of my day is spent talking with clients, interacting with clients, piecing things together for individuals that I'm trying to get, um, money justice for because they've been injured and it wasn't their fault. Yeah. I think the other part that's interesting too, is that because it can be anybody, you know, anybody who is walking on a sidewalk, anybody who visits a restaurant, it can really be anybody that you, unlike maybe someone who's in a corporate law, you are dealing with people who might not be as familiar with the systems and the processes. So I think it takes a special sort of skill to, understand the legal side of things, but you're not talking in legalese every day. That's not what you end up doing a lot of the time. It's taking those concepts, those processes, which can be frustrating. We all know I have not held back my opinions on how I feel about the law, but trying to explain someone who's not as, as familiar with in, 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 what am in, I Intricacy? There we go. I don't know what's happening <laughs> to my brain. <laughs> These last few weeks have been a lot of fun I have with you and your words. I have struggling. Um, that, you know, maybe someone who's owns three businesses might understand the lot a little bit better. You're really having to explain to someone who might not have had any contact with the legal system prior to this. And that's the hope is my clients come to me because they've, they've been in an accident. Mm-hmm. It's something different. It's severe. It's not what you do every day, right? right. You don't walk out of your door saying, Oh, I'm going to be in an accident mm-hmm. today. I'm going to be injured. It's something that happens. Mm-hmm. It happens to them. It happens unexpectedly. They don't plan for it. Most of my clients have never been in this kind of thing before. Right. They have it. Like you're saying, it's, it's not something they're familiar with. They don't right. go to court every day. They've probably never, most of them have never been to court a day in their lives. They right. never filed a lawsuit. Most of them have rarely filed an insurance claim. Mm. It's, you know, why we do what we do because yeah. you never need a lawyer till you right. do, right? It's, it's truly the, the times where all of a sudden you're stuck, you don't know what to do and you have to seek help. 
that's exactly why we're there. Yeah. And I think, like I said, I think it's just a different type of law than someone who maybe deals with people who are doing this on a daily basis. You know, they have an expertise in the law, but they're kind of having conversations with people who are also experts. And these are people who not only are they unfamiliar with sort of the system, but they're in sort of a crisis. They're, they're hurt. Yeah. They're stressed because maybe now their, their vehicle's damaged. They have these medical bills. It's really like high stress um, time for them. But I think it's interesting. So day to day, what do you think you do most of? I know you said talk to clients. What's, what's a day in a personal injury attorney's <laughs> life like? A, a lot of it truly is talking to clients. I think that's the biggest one of seeing, finding out more information from them about mm-hmm. what's happened. Like you were saying earlier, you, you can't talk in legalese. Right. I, I don't talk I don't use fancy legal terms very often. Mm-hmm. I honestly, in this podcast, the law unscripted, I've probably used more legal terms than, than, than I use, than I've used in months because in explaining to mm-hmm. people who aren't in the legal system, what, how are they going to understand the, I mean, they can understand the legal concepts, right. but I need to talk about it in ways that are more familiar yeah, in ways that make sense. Even to me, it makes more sense if I can say, Hey, this is what's going to happen in court. And I'm not using terms like hearsay or, you know, objections or summary judgment is they want to know, well, what can I say? Right. That's so that's the kind of thing that we're doing is we're talking in layman's terms of here's what you can say in court. Here's what you can't Mm -hmm. say. Here's what's happening with your case. The Mm -hmm. insurance adjuster is saying this. Here's what we're asking for your claim. I need copies of your medical records. Mm -hmm. A lot of a lot of dealing with insurance companies, a lot of dealing with medical providers, Mm -hmm. getting medical records and medical bills. Mm -hmm. That is a lot of my practice. Shockingly, people don't know that, but in order to make personal injury claims where we're telling an insurance company, look, your, your person is responsible Mm -hmm. for my client's injuries and I have to prove damages. So Mm -hmm. I have to get them copies of the medical records and the medical bills that say, Mm -hmm. Hey, this was, you know, these injuries were a result of this accident. Here's what the injuries are. And here's how much they've had to pay for them. Because if I don't have those, we get no money because this game, the, the personal liability, personal Mm -hmm. injury game is a reimbursement game, right? It is not a prepayment game. It's not a pay as you go Mm -hmm. kind of, kind of law. It is a, this happened, you pay for it and you get reimbursed. Hopefully. But that's the essence of the, the personal injury law is Mm -hmm. you've been injured, you pay, you get reimbursed. But my day looks like I'm doing intake of new clients. I'm talking with medical providers, medical experts, insurance companies, insurance agents. I'm reviewing medical records of Mm -hmm. my own. I'm writing demands to insurance companies. I'm writing court motions. I'm filing court motions. I'm filing lawsuits. Mm -hmm. Pieces of these are scattered through my entire day. Yeah. Drawing, you know, a deposition there or hearing here. Um, Court, go, go to court. I feel like you go to court a lot. <laughs> I do actually go to court a lot, um, especially, I mean, most of my career I've gone to court a lot. Mm-hmm. I That's kind of what I do is yeah. I'm, I'm a trial attorney at heart. That's what I like. I love mm-hmm. trials. Not everyone should go to trial. And I try to advise clients when they should or shouldn't or what the outcome is or outlook is. And I do not always advise trial. But when it comes to a decision, yeah, 
I'll go to court. <laughs> I don't mind going to court. Tell yeah. me you want to go to court. Okay. I'll go to court, but it may not be in your best interest to go to court. So I also try to tell my clients, I love to go to court. I go to court every day. I don't mind, but it's your decision yeah. as to whether you should or you want to go to court. That's not my decision. It seems like that's a, and, and we learned about this in law school, of course, there's like, you know, sort of different approaches to like how you lawyer. Yeah. Um, some people, and, and it's a client's preference too. Some clients want to hire the attorney and whatever the attorney's recommendation is, they want to take that. They don't want to be yeah. as sort of involved. I think now what they're calling that is like a more traditional approach to the law. It's like, you've hired okay. me for my expertise. This is my recommendation. And some clients want that. Some clients truly do. But some clients and sort of, sort of how at least they're teaching in my law school us to lawyer is that more client centered of the more of the back and forth of like, yeah. well, here are your options. I think these are the two good options. And you mm -hmm. decide from there. Um, but we could do all three. I think that is more the like client centered approach, but it seems like it's a hard, it's a hard balance to walk, right? Because you've been in this industry, you know, sort of if you're negotiating a settlement offer, you know, sort of that maybe this is a good offer. Maybe this is a bad offer. Yeah. Maybe the, the outcomes at trial aren't looking so hot, right? Absolutely. And that is, you're right. That's a lot of this business, especially in personal injury. Mm -hmm. I mean, with any law, but especially in personal injury, you have to know your courts. Mm -hmm. You have to know your insurance companies. Right. You have to know what's good, what's bad, what's ugly. And I have a lot of conversation with clients where I'm saying, okay, mm -hmm. these are like you're saying, yeah. these are your three <laughs> options. You have all three options. Here's what's good about each option. Here's what's bad about each option. Yes. I will say in based on my experience, these are better options mm -hmm. or this one is probably your best option, but I will continue to default to this is legal advice, not a rec requirement, right? This is a recommendation. This is based on my experience and my education mm -hmm. and my training and what I believe and know. But it's not an absolute and I am not always right. And it is ultimately the client's decision as to how to yeah. proceed forward. But they have to know what what they're choosing. If they don't know what the choices are and how to choose yes. it and what that means, they can't, can't make an educated decision. Right. So I think a lot of what you do is educate then, right? You're not yes. only sort of, sort of dealing with like, okay, I'm doing adjusters, I'm dealing with other attorneys, but then you're also trying to you know, take decades of experience and say, based on all of this decades of experience distilled down, this is kind of my take on the situation. Yeah. And, and that's what, you know, that's what this is, is the law and scripted is yeah. what I'm finding with my clients and with you of, you know, Chelsea's a, a law student. She's a third year law student. She's been with me for about a year and a half, yeah. um, <laughs> probably longer by now. Um, I think like the summer after my first year, 2021 and we're in yeah. 2023 we're going on two years Look we are it's it's incredible she's been with me for so long and what I'm realizing what we're realizing yeah. is as if you were a client with you being an intern as if mm -hmm. you're a client as a law student there are things you just it's like what yeah I, I didn't know I don't understand and I think that's the purpose of this law you know this podcast Absolutely. is we're going to be unscripted if you don't know ask if yes. we don't know what, you know, we'll tell you that, but it's basically it, there's so much 
that's not explained. Right. And people are just expected to know if they go through a lawsuit, if they go through a legal claim, if they go through an insurance claim, if they go to law school, they're just expected to know. There are all these brand new attorneys out there who have no, I mean, no offense. I didn't know either. They have no idea what to do with the actual practice of law. And there's a certain expectation that you're already supposed to know right that you're supposed to have figured it out but you don't you don't know and that gets us back to this very basic concept yeah. of what is personal injury law right and what yeah. people don't know i don't know i mean i'm going back i know we're no. circling back to this issue but that's exactly what you're saying so we've kind of talked a lot about traffic accidents and that's a lot of what you do mm-hmm. but you do other things too that yes. are under personal injury yeah. The, so personal injury, like I said, like is this broad, broad, huge, broad category of anything you can think of where you've been injured and it yeah. wasn't your fault, but as a result of someone else's negligence. So mm-hmm. it's not just an accident. Okay. It right. can't be just, it happened to you. It had to have been done by somebody else. Somebody mm-hmm. else had to have been careless, reckless, right. um, not paying attention, not doing the right things that they should have. Mm-hmm. The traffic accidents is the large part of my practice, but the other broad category or the other categories within personal injury Mm -hmm. law, when you say I'm a personal injury attorney, you have the common ones are slip and falls. Yes. Dog bites, premises liability, and, um, goodness, uh, product liability. There we go. Product liability. But you have everything in there. Workers' compensation is a form of personal injury law. Mm -hmm. It is kind of a subset and a little bit onto the side because you have personal injuries, which is why you have workers' compensation. But for workers' compensation, it doesn't have to be somebody else's fault. That can be just a pure accident that happened. You slip and fall on your own and it was your fault of your own shoe Mm -hmm. or a misstep that you made okay, that wasn't someone else's fault, so it's not personal injury. In that way. But if it happened at work, you can still recover damages. You can still recover something for your injuries. Mm -hmm. So it's a subset of personal injury, but it can also be something completely different. Yes. Um, So there's workers' compensation, but we have everything. It also includes, I want to break some of those down because I think they're really interesting. What fits into those broader categories, some categories of personal injury law but the other thing that is, you were saying, it goes to anything yeah. where a kid is injured on a playground. Yeah. Was it a school playground? Right. If it was a school playground, maybe the school is liable because maybe the teacher didn't supervise the children on the playground. But maybe they did. And instead, the manufacturer of the slide is at fault, right? Yes. Was it a maintenance issue? Was it an, you know, the way that it was manufactured yeah. issue? Was it a way that it was constructed issue? Right. There are all of these things to consider that this is an accident that happened and it wasn't the child's mm-hmm. fault, was it? So right. <laughs> that fits into personal injury law. Other things that fit under personal injury law that people don't think of, they think of this as a, a different type of law, mm-hmm. are sexual abuse claims. Right. Criminal, right? We go of all the way back to criminal versus civil. These are criminal cases. They're crimes. They are crimes. Most of, I can't think of really any kind of sexual abuse or sexual harassment so. that aren't crimes. Mm-hmm. But especially like sexual harassment in the workplace, you're getting into civil Mm -hmm. law. 
But when we're talking about sexual abuse, mm-hmm. like the priests, the Catholic Church right. issues um, that that have plagued them for the last while, those are personal injury cases. It's right. someone who has been hurt, has been abused yes. by someone else. Mm-hmm. So that's when you start seeing lawsuits against the church, right. lawsuit against the individual priest, lawsuit against the other priests who covered it yes. up. This is all personal injury law. Mm-hmm. We've got children who are abused at camps. We have children who school. schools, nurseries, uh, any child care providers yes. are these are ripe for personal injury suits and personal injury cases. So when you're talking about personal injuries, even though that's not under these other kind of four broader categories, these are still personal injuries that fall under personal injury law. law. Yeah, I think it's a really broad category. I want to go to one of the categories you mentioned because I think it's the least clear just in layman's. What is premises liability? Okay. (laughs) That's a good question. And And it is like... Sounds more complicated than it is, right? It does. So premises is like, okay, let me, let me give you, this is the best way for me to understand it is it's your home. Okay. Okay. Start with that basic premise. Right. Premises liability is your home. Okay. It includes more than your home, but let's start with that basic concept because I think that's the easiest, at least for me to understand what the heck this is. Okay. Um, it's, when something goes wrong in your home, mm-hmm. is defective in your home, um, causes an accident in your home, it can go also to workplaces, something that's a premise. Is it your workplace? Is it your home? Is it a business? Okay. A place, a location that you go to mm-hmm. where something happens. Um, I love in the homes, I love to use my own home as an example, and I am giving everyone notice, so we're <laughs> going to come back to this. Notice that if you come to my home at any point, I have a terrible walkway, okay? It is broken, it is cracked, it is chipped, it goes up and it goes down. I have little slabs everywhere in my yard. The 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 mowers get them every time. So if you use my walkway, you there's a risk that you will be injured while using my walkway. Okay. Proceed you get, with caution. <laughs> yeah, so proceed with caution. I am telling you, I know of this risk. I you're you're going to testify to this because every time you come over still, I'm like, watch, watch the walkway. You say it every time. Yes. (laughs) So that's a premises liability issue on my premises in my home, in the curtilage of the Mm -hmm. the area that my home covers, Mm -hmm. I have a treacherous walkway. It is a danger to myself and to others. And if you happen to use my Mm -hmm. walkway and injure yourself on my walkway, it is my premises and I may be liable for your injuries. Now I'm not because I gave you notice. <laughs> but, right, right. But that's a type of claim. So on in your personal home, premises liability would be anything from someone else being injured on your property, not you, mm-hmm. but someone else you, usually. <laughs> there's the there's the lawyer phrase. It depends. It depends. Usually it's someone else being injured in your home as a result of broken stairwells, broken Mm -hmm. uh, rail, you know, railings, broken sidewalks, broken patios, ill-fitting toilets even. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's crazy what happens to people in other people's homes is they haven't properly maintained something. 
like my walkway, (laughs) they, they're, they're being injured. Fencing sometimes driveways, pools, Uh, pools pools are huge issue for premises liability for personal homes is if someone's injured in your pool, that's a personal injury lawsuit. That's exactly what that is. Yes. I know a lot about this from our first year because we have to do legal rhetoric. So we have to write memos about very specific topics in the law. And that was one of them is sort of, it was also about trespassers, which you, Hey, you can still be liable. I learned this. This is shocking to me. Even if you have private property and someone trespasses, I don't know what is happening, guys. Um, I think it's still the Christmas break is catching up with you. Yes, my brain has just taken off for vacation and not come back yet. But even if someone trespasses on your personal property and they are injured, you're not necessarily like um, immune from liability for that. Correct. Which was nuts to me to learn because you would think... um, this is private property. They were not invited here. How, they came how, on here. How am I responsible for this? But but you might be. Yeah. But in pools, I, sorry, that was a long-winded way to say a lot of the ones we talked about were pools because it tends to be severe injuries. If someone gets injured in a pool, it's usually not great. Yeah. There's a lot of drownings, mm-hmm. especially with children. And it can be considered in a lot of states an attractive nuisance where kids especially love pools, right? Right. I loved pools growing up. All I wanted to do was go to my friend's house and And if they had a pool and swim. But if you even invite someone to go swimming and something happens Mm -hmm. in your pool to them, or even if you, even if you didn't and they wandered themselves over, part of the question is how old were they? Right. Um, how did they get into your, your yard, your yeah. pool? Do you did have you- no fence? Is it just open in the back? You know, and so that's why I think you'll see a lot of people put up no trespassing signs. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll put up fencing, they'll put up yeah. locked fencing. And I think a lot of that, depending on the state and where they're at, is just an attempt to protect themselves from suit. If for some reason someone trespassed and was injured. Absolutely. Well, that's me and, you know, my little signs and notices of watch my walkway is I'm protecting myself as right. yes, I will get it fixed. I swear I'm going to get it fixed. But but yeah, that's that's exactly what it is. And right. one of the things for premises liability that for you to to think of is this taps into my homeowner's insurance. Yes. So car accident, that's going to go into an auto accident mm-hmm. claim. But if you're filing a personal injury claim for premises liability, mm-hmm. if it's related to your to a person's private home and property, yes. that's going to be homeowner's insurance that or you're tapping. for people like me who are in apartments that they don't own. Yes. Renter's insurance. And a, a slight tangent on that, I did work for a property management company. Oh, that's right. For... Four and a half, almost five years. So basically before college, all the way through college, a little bit after. Um, And while I was working for this company, one of the apartments that I worked at, an entire building burned down. Um, Luckily, we were very, and I I worked there a long time. I knew these people. We were very lucky. There were no injuries. Um, And it looks like there, I mean, we'll never know for sure what happened, but it looks like someone was just not practicing fire safety in their apartment um, with various (laughs) candles and such. Unfortunately, the whole building burned down. We required renter's insurance and we checked it once a year um, for reasons like this. Sometimes things happen that are, you know, maybe one apartment caused it, but the rest of them didn't, right? Unfortunately, someone had not renewed their renter's insurance and 
they lost everything. So this is my slight recommendation. I would not, I personally would not live in an apartment without renter's insurance. Yeah. Even if they don't require it. Do it. It's like 10 bucks a month. Like do it. You've only got yourself to, to protect. Yes. And to blame. So everyone is like, oh, well, somebody else's insurance will cover me. No. Assume that it won't. So have your own. And if there's a way that you can tap into your own, that's Mm -hmm. absolutely what you want to do. Yeah. It's, it's my biggest recommendation. Cause after I saw that, I felt so bad for them, Ugh. um, because they were never able to determine exactly what caused the fire. So there was nobody else's insurance to sort of make a claim against. And, you know, they lost everything that was in the apartment. Mm. So super, super terrible. I'm, I'm yeah. happy nobody was hurt. So, you know, it's easier to talk about when it's just sort of right. stuff. Just there were no properties. injuries. Um, but yeah, very, very scary. You don't know. And I, I live in apartments. Yeah. So if you don't have homeowner's insurance, get renter's insurance, um, <sighs> you never know. And the other one, okay, so we can talk about this. This mm-hmm. is also something you do. So you talk about sort of putting up signs for premises liability, you know, that's like the wet floor signs, right? Yeah. The same kind of concept. Same thing if you put up a sign because you have a dangerous dog. Mm-hmm. You, you've hit on two topics. Yes. So let me take them opposite. So the dangerous dog mm-hmm. is still going to fall under the personal side okay. of premises liability, right? Your home, right? Still right. thinking of your home, your other, your wet floor signs, that's going to get into business premises. Yes. So let's hit that in a second. The dog is absolutely part of your premises liability. Mm-hmm. We call them dog bite claims um, because you can have a dog bite claim that's off of your property too. Yes. So they're kind of a category in and of themselves as dog bites, right? but you're mostly covered for if your dog causes harm to someone else, that still falls under your homeowner's insurance. So this was something I learned like recently from you because I didn't know that. Um, It made sense when you explained it, like dogs are property under the law. But before you had told me, because we had a case, I have like a fuzzy floating around me. Um, I had asked you, I was like, okay, so what happens? Like if your dog does something bad, what do you do? And you were like, well, if you own a home, it's under your homeowner's policy. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's like you said, it's property. Your your house, your homeowner's insurance covers anything that your property in your home right. causes damage um, to somebody else. And technically under the law, as much as I love my fuzzy children, yes. they're not actually considered children Look, under the to, law. We need to get this taken care of, right? <laughs> Contact your congressman. Every tax season, I'm trying to convince the IRS that my dog is my child. Like, please, please let me claim him as a dependent. It's it's so true, but it's shocking because their dogs are property. Right. They are considered as if they're your couches. Mm -hmm. And it sounds inhumane, but that's the way that the law handles them. So if your couch breaks and harms somebody, then Mm -hmm. they have a homeowner's claim against you for personal premises liability. Right. So it's the same thing. If your dog injures somebody on your premises, you're liable You're liable, and it falls under your homeowner's insurance policy. So if you have a dog, mm-hmm. um, I highly suggest just like you would put up a sign for my walkway, mm-hmm. put up a sign for your dog of dangerous dog or danger dog. dog. Um, so people are aware that there is a dog in your home and then you have to do everything that you can Mm -hmm. to protect people. Um, I don't think my dogs don't seem to be dangerous. I don't think I've had really many, if any problems with them ever, but you never know if they're provoked, if something, if another dog comes onto my property, if something weird happens, 
every dog is potentially a danger. Right. So dogs are considered dangerous property Mm -hmm. and they have to be, you have to warn the public about the dog. So that is one way to do that. Maintaining control over your dog is a huge issue on your own property. Mm -hmm. You come to my house, I have my dogs, I have the responsibility, the duty to take care of my dogs and to make sure that they don't harm you and maintain proper control over them. They don't have to be on a leash in my home. Right. But I still have to have control. Now, when I take them outside. Absolutely. I have to have them on a leash. That's the the state rules. That's the county rules, Mm -hmm. local rules and regulations. And if I don't have them on a leash and they harm somebody, then I am liable to that person for my dog causing injury outside of my home. Right. And you could also be fined if it violates one of those ordinances or, or city rules. Yes, you can be fined and... I could be criminally charged too. Really? Yes. I so did not know that was a crime. Look at that. It can be. Depends on what code section you fall into because in, in most states and especially yeah. even in Maryland, they break it down to state laws and individual ordinances for counties. Right. right. So Montgomery County has specific ordinances that are similar to the overall state dog animal laws, yeah. but they're still a little bit different and usually they add extra rules. So I'm mostly looking at my county rules and Montgomery County has different rules than Prince George's County. Prince George's County doesn't even allow pit bulls. Really? Yeah. So check your counties. You may be violating the law and not know it. See, the law is wild because that can be a crime, but drunk surgery is not. Look, I just don't know. <laughs> We're going back to our Fully first back one. To first oh, episode. I love it. Hi, Charlie. That yes. is so funny. Um, but that's very interesting. Oh, we got some feisty puppies. They're yes, just jumping up. They just Charlie, want their mom's yes, attention. Everybody is trying to get on the couch at the same time. We so just don't sweet. have. We don't have Sky, the little silky terrier, but we have everyone else. We've got Charlie and Willow. Um, they're gonna find themselves some spaces here. Oh, they can just eh, get settled. Ju- drop off. Okay, hi Charlie. Look, see, we're all <laughs> settled now. I little, hope. a little uh, shuffle around, but um, shuffling around here. Let me move a little good over. distraction. Okay, so now we know that you know maintaining control of dogs because I know we've seen a couple dog bite cases. Some of them were out in public. Some of yep. them were um, in homes or around homes. Yes, we've had um, both. Yeah. Um, and, and they're, some of them are awful. Right. The, a lot of dog bites start with, they attacked another dog. Right. And the, the owner of the dog that's being attacked steps in and to, to protect the dog, to get the other dog off. And then they're injured as a result of this. It's really hard to get a dog to stop. Yes. Once they've begun attacking another dog. So uh, many of our dog bite cases start that way. That is my biggest fear. So I live in DC, so there's not as much sort of like open space. I live in an apartment building, so I'm walking around out in public. Um, My dog is a big baby. I'm not, I'm never worried about him attacking someone. Olive is a sweetheart. But he does think every dog is his best friend. Um, So when you're walking, (laughs) that's not always true. And some dogs are a little bit more aggressive. Now I have my personal feelings about people who have reactive and aggressive dogs walking on a busy street, but that's neither here nor there. Um, and not being muzzled or anything, but that is my own personal thought, but it does worry me. But it's also part of the law. You really need to check the law and they may very well be violating rules for muzzles or leash, or even bringing them out in public if they're dangerous dogs. 
I absolutely agree. My solution to this has been, because I did think about this recently, and this is such a tangent, but we love dogs and I think it's relevant because I do have to walk him and I'm scared that something like that would happen. And once dogs sort of engage in that, they don't let go. And my dog is also an old man, you know, and I would, I would get in the middle and that wouldn't be good for anybody. I saw this like on TikTok or something and it's stuck in my brain that they say if you take a little, like a little squirt bottle, it doesn't have to be big, of vinegar. And if that happens, if you spray it, both dogs will release. Oh, interesting. I do not know if that's true, but it has been if my it solution. Helps. It makes me feel better knowing that just in case something like that happens, I would have an option. I would have something to try. Well, I've had clients who have thrown water on dogs. I yes. had one client who used, I think, a pot or a pan to try to hit a dog over the head to make it stop. It is right. it is really bad um, and can be, but the, the injuries for these, the dog itself is property. Right. You would get reimbursement for your property damages for any damage to the dog. But if you were injured as a result of it, you could get, get damages for that too. But then there are the ones where a dog just bites you. That's the actual bite. We also have the, the other interesting part of the dog bite, Mm -hmm. um, premises liability and personal injury rules are dog attacks where you may never have been bitten and you don't have to be, it's not in all states. In mm-hmm. some states, I, I don't know, you might have to, but at least in the ones that we work yes. in, in Maryland, Virginia, and DC, you don't have to have been bit. If you had a reasonable fear mm-hmm. that you were going to be bitten or right. going to be injured or attacked by a dog, you have the right to run. Right. You have the right to run away. You have the right to do something to protect yourself. And if you're injured while doing in that, that course of events, then you have a personal injury lawsuit and we have, we have those as well. Yes. I mean, yeah, that's hard. It's like if you're injured because you escaped the dogs, like you should be able to make a claim for that. And I'm glad that at least we know in Maryland (laughs) you can. Yeah. I've had um, some clients who have fallen while they've been running Mm -hmm. away from dogs. I've had broken arms and wrists and I've had others who get caught up in the leashes. I've had another who, ended up jumping on a car to try to get away right. and was injured. You, right. You don't have to stand your ground with a, a dog. If you don't know the dog, if the dog is attacking again, it depends, but at least Check in our area, and the, local regulations. The, the negligence case law seems to suggest that in most of these cases, you have the right, if it's reasonable, yes to believe that you are going to be attacked. You may be attacked. You don't have to hope the dog licks you. Right. Um, you can take be a reasonable, reasonable, reasonable human being to take reasonable precautions to prevent an attack. Right. Okay. So that's some of our premise liability, premises liability. Yeah. Let's do the business part. Okay. Yes. So that's like the slip and fall, right? It can be. You've seen yeah. the, the dramatic videos that I'm sure have gone viral of people trying to like throw ice on the floor and then throw themselves down, right? Yes. <laughs> Put the milk on the floor. Kick over the around. wet. <laughs> Kick over the wet floor side. <laughs> Take a slip. Throw some oil on the floor. Yes. I have seen, We've all seen yes. those. And that's when I get the a lot of people who find out what I do. They're like, well, those are all fake claims. Some of them are, but a lot of them aren't. The ones that I, we have seen the video for are usually some of like, they, these people are hurt. You can just see it in the video. You can just watch the pain. Mm-hmm. A, a lot of them do. It's 
a surprise. Yes. It is not people trying to get money no. out of a grocery store. It is not somebody it, on the whole. Right. There are those extreme examples. And I have even seen some. I yeah. had um, a potential client allege that they, they had gotten injured on an escalator and we watch, we find video, we get video from the the place where the escalator was and we watch the client come up the, es- potential client come up the escalator, get off the escalator, go back down the escalator, bring a manager and nothing had ever happened. So we do have to watch out for that. We, right. we also have to do an investigation of our own mm-hmm. to be careful that our clients are telling the truth. We, right. we proceed with the basic assumption that they are, but we also have to be careful. Trust, but verify. I like it. Trust, but verify. But there are a lot of on, on business premises, premises liability includes slip and falls is mm-hmm. in a restaurant. Did you have something on the floor that you should have cleaned up? Right. Do you know those, um, the ones that seem like liability disasters to me are those, um, steakhouses the, with the peanuts. Oh, Texas on the floor. Yeah. I don't know if it's that one or Logan's or or some of these others. I just, I cannot imagine the business model and concept of you're just asking for people to injure themselves in your restaurant here, slip and fall on a peanut shell. I, I can hardly go in there because it's a hazard. It's like my walkway. That is so funny. I've never considered that. Um, I love that. All I do in my life with my job is I think of all of the ways I'm going to injure myself or someone else will be injured. That is true. I do think law school like warps your brain a little bit is that you start seeing you're like, oh, that's a lawsuit. Oh, that's, that's a, lawsuit. a lawsuit. That is a lawsuit waiting to happen right there. Yes. Um, yeah, I do see that a lot. I can't even deny, but I never thought about it with the the shells on the floor. Yeah, I don't know what they, it, it might be one of those things where they're like, well, everybody knows, you know, this is a restaurant where we have peanuts. You, so assume, the risk. you assume the risk of coming into our restaurant. I don't know. I have not had one of those cases personally yet, but it seems like a horrible disaster. That does seem like an interesting choice. I mean, yeah. Now that you phrase it like that. But my, my grandmother... Um, there was a story in my childhood and I honestly don't know if it's true. And I, I think that it was, but it, we made fun of her in certain times of, oh, well, my grandmother slipped and fell in a, in a restaurant on a French fry and sued. And I, I don't know if she actually sued. I think it actually was true that she slipped and fell on a French fry. And as a child, I was like, well, that's a little silly. Why would, why would grandma do that? But as an adult doing personal injury, People I'm looking so back hurt. at myself and feeling like a terrible human being is, oh my gosh, if grandma really did slip on a fry and injure herself, that wasn't funny. That's horrible. Yeah. Is she, I'm wondering now, I'm like, is she okay? What ha- I mean, she's, she's passed. Yeah. She's long since passed, but now I want to know as an adult doing personal injury law, what restaurant was it? Right. Did they, did they not sweep? Did they not do their regular maintenance? How long had the French fry been on the floor? Were there multiple French fries? Exactly. Was there ketchup there? These are Things all the questions I'm asking now. No, but it makes a good point that I don't know if anyone else has seen it, that you like, you know, in a any big box store, pick pick your poison. Mm-hmm. That in the bathrooms, they will have 30 minute, you'll see them up on the wall. Yep. You know what I'm talking about? That like people have to initial that the bathroom was inspected and or cleaned on yeah. these time things. It's because of lawsuits like that. Fully is because Absolutely. of lawsuits because it's sort of this right and you can you can correct how I phrase it if it's wrong but it's this idea that 
you either knew because you saw mm-hmm. it and didn't clean it up or you should have known, which means you should have, you are not cleaning, inspecting, et cetera, regularly, right? Correct. You're not maintaining the premises as you should have been. And if you had been properly maintaining it on a regular schedule, you would have seen this. You mm-hmm. would have seen the spill. You would have seen this hazard. And you should have taken taking care of it, which is what's called constructive notice, yeah. where maybe you didn't, the, your employees know. didn't actually know that the hazard was there, but they should have. Right. And we can show that they should have. And because of that, they are deemed to have, they're, they're held to have noticed that, right. okay, you did. And they say, but, but we didn't. Oh, but you technically did because yes. you really should have known how many, did somebody, another customer tell you about it? Right. Did they say, Hey, there's something in the, in the bathroom. And just because you didn't go into the bathroom to look at it, Somebody told you. Right. Or you didn't, like you said, the the schedules of the mm-hmm. logs of cleaning, were you supposed to go in there 30 minutes ago and it's been... A couple hours. A couple hours and you still haven't cleaned the bathroom? Then that's called constructive notice. Mm-hmm. And you're held liable if something happens when you should have found the, the hazard that caused somebody injury. And that kind of is like the reasonable business or the reasonable business yeah. owner. And that's sort of what they base it off of, right? Like maybe if, if you drop a fry and two minutes later, someone falls, maybe. How would you know? How would you know? Or how would you even have had the chance, right? So I think right. it's depending on what you can prove and what you can, you know, was the milk coagulated on the floor because it had been so long since it was cleaned up. Yeah. One of, one of my favorite cases in terms of it, clarity mm-hmm. was a a store where my client had said, Oh, I slipped on water Mm -hmm. or I don't know what it was. I think it was, I don't know what it was. It was a clear liquid. And these are really hard cases to prove. They, I don't love them as a whole. I, I love my clients and I will absolutely go to bat for my clients when, when we can figure this out. Um, but they are hard to prove. And the people who tend to get injured more if they do slip and fall, tend to be people who are older and have a more lengthy, because they are older, have a more lengthy medical history. So it's hard to attribute which injuries may be from what. That's absolutely right. So, so you get into a lot of complications, but this one, it was the, the woman went into, went into a store, was standing in the checkout or went to the, into the store, went out of the store, went back into the store and slipped on a clear liquid. Um, I think she broke her knee. It was really actually bad injuries. I think she had surgery as a result of it. But when we were in litigation, we actually got a video from the store. And this is where the video will, kill you or save you. Right. The other one that I talked about, it absolutely killed the case. It was, we finally got the video and it it disproved everything that our client was saying. But this one, we watch, I watched the video and I watch her come in and I watch her leave the store and nothing's on the floor. I don't see anything happening. Mm -hmm. But in the, the couple minutes between the time that she leaves and comes back, I watch these two people roll a cart into the store with packs of ice. Oh no. And they're rolling it one in the front and one in the back and they're rolling the pack of ice and there's water dripping from the ice bags all on the floor as they go. And I watch them go down an aisle and back to the the, the fridges right. and the freezers where they're going to put the ice. And then I watch my client come in 
and walk by and slip and fall in that water that was just put there by these people with the ice. So that was absolutely clear to us. We, I mean, my eyes were wide open when I'm saying that's where that came from. I see it. I'm watching it happen. And there's, then there's the question of, okay, how many people are liable? Right. Which ones can I sue? Because now it's the store. The people who were standing at the registers who watched these people come mm-hmm. in with this with this cart, watched the water and the ice go down the aisle. Then there's the people who are actually, you know, bringing in the ice. Right. There are those people. There's the company that employed them. Mm-hmm. So there are all of these different people and players and companies that are potentially at fault right. for this incident. And that's where you get into a little bit of complicated legal maneuvering mm-hmm. with a premises liability in a business. Right. Because even if maybe... And you can tell me if I'm wrong. Like, even if maybe the empl- it was really the employee's fault. Oh, sure. Maybe suing an employee at a grocery store is not going to be the most fruitful endeavor. Well, it, it, yeah. I mean, they, they probably don't have much money. Right. And their homeowner's insurance doesn't cover them at work mm-hmm. because they're not at home. They're at their job. Right. But this is where you get into the other legal aspect of an employee is an agent of their employer. Respondeat superior. Yes, right? this a lovely legal term, respondeat superior, also called vicarious liability for the most yeah. part, is where your the employer is responsible for the acts of their employees, their agents, mm-hmm. as long as they were acting in, in the course of the their scope. employment. Yeah, the yeah course you can't scope. I'm not responsible for you if you walk out of this this house and go do something on your own when you're not working under the guise of Tarani Law or the law unscripted. Right. And you're just doing your own business. Right. But if you're if I introduce myself and say, hi, I'm Chelsea and I am here with Toronto Law LLC <laughs> and then proceed to do something unhinged. Sadly, I might be responsible for you. So let's let's not sue Chelsea because I don't want to be sued and I don't think she's doing anything improper or no. negligent or I- illegal. No. Um, but yes, that, I, let me I rock my brain. No, 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 we're good. <laughs> please, please check that box. Just wear, just wear my work name tag everywhere. Just to, you know, really make things fun. No, please don't. Oh, that's so funny. Okay, that's hilarious because I did. Um, I owned a store. Um, I actually owned a retail store back in the day, and that is hilarious because we had charts, and there was one particular employee. We were like, please don't wear that shirt out in public. Please, for the love of God, do not advertise that you are with us. Do not make people think that you are working with us while you are out in public. We yes. hardly want you to wear the shirt while you're here. Um, so no, that's it was, real. But now, as a business owner, I had to look at myself and say, if I'm that concerned about an employee, that employee has to go. Um, <laughs> from so my funny. business, but it's no. a, it's real. When I was waitressing. Um, and we had a very specific uniform for the, the company I waitressed yes, for, you did. um, very, very distinctive. And I think we were technically hired as, um, entertainers and not waitresses. So they could be more specific about our, you know, appearance, um, because there are employment laws, but that's how you get around it is you hire right. us as entertainers. We were not allowed to have that uniform on, mm-hmm. even in the parking lot. We had to wear cover up. 
Oh, interesting. Like it was, you could get fired for it. It was very, very serious. Wow. Um, so if you. Now this was not at a gentleman's club. Let's no. just be oh, clear. This yes, was actually no. a restaurant. Yes, it was actually a restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> just just no. in case anybody is wondering, it's like, oh. Oh, I definitely made that sound so much more scandalous. <laughs> it really did it. sound very scandalous. It's like, oh my God. Okay. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, how do I say that? Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> it was definitely not. <laughs> No, it was, it was for real, just like a, um, like a sports bar type of situation, but they were very specific about not wearing the uniform. So on your way into work, um, big t-shirt, sweatpants, and then on the way out, same thing. You were not allowed to walk in wearing it. You were not allowed to wear it out. And if you got caught doing it, it was not even like you are Mm. written up. It was like an automatic, you're fired. You're done. You're done. Um, and some people, because the uniform is so distinctive would try to sell them, um, and you can do it as long as you don't get caught or want yeah. to ever be employed by that company again. Wow. But they were, very, I would say anywhere that I've ever worked the most strict about it um, for like obvious reasons, but it's interesting to think about. That is very interesting. Yeah. So off topic, but. No, but it's not off topic because it's you describing how you were an agent. Yes. Of your employer. That had a very specific image. Yes. And you have to protect your brand. You have to protect your image. You have to make sure that your employees are following the protocol because if they do something while they are working with you, you're liable. And now I think it's even more interesting. And this is taking us slightly even more off topic, but you can tell me what your thoughts are on this. Of In the age of the information age, we have social media. You see it a lot more often now that it's not even just about wearing your uniform out or saying you work somewhere you know, in a, in a public setting, it's, well, do you have your employer listed on your Facebook? Yeah. What pictures are you posting on your Facebook? Um, are on Twitter, does it say where you work or are you clarifying th- that your tweets are not representations of, um, you see, I feel like I see this with people I follow who are in politics a lot, that they're yeah. like, I work for this political organization or this nonprofit, but you know, opinions expressed here mm-hmm. are not representative of that. And I think, it's interesting to see, you know, when someone does something really bad and you talk about people will call their employers up. Yeah. Um, so I just think that's an interesting sort of extension of it that we're seeing more recently. I agree. I it, It's yeah. such a risk. Employers always have a risk of, of their employees and right. they, you, you want to hire your, your best one so that you don't have that risk because it is important to see what your employees are posting. And the internet is forever. It really is. And it's, it's important. Your brand is important. My brand is important. This is, you know, this is something that we've worked very hard to, to create and, Mm -hmm. and to do. And we want to make sure that other people are being protected and we're, we're doing the best that we can to inform the public. But just like with other employees, employers and employees, I have to say that we're, we are not your attorneys right right what we're doing the disclaimers that have to go there there's ours way more intense yes it's absolutely a disclaimer is i am an attorney chelsea is a law student Mm -hmm. but she is not an attorney and i am not your attorney so this is not legal advice or the unauthorized practice (laughs) of law (laughs) it's not either it is information it is educational in nature it is information for what you didn't know and hopefully is interesting and educational and kind of fun something different for learning the practice of law, even though you probably never knew you wanted to. Maybe we've got some law students on here, but 
anyway, that's kind of, that's kind of what we do. And we would love for you. We have fun. We enjoy ourselves and our time. If you do too, please, please like us, please drop a comment, give us a rating, Mm -hmm. um, on the podcast, give us a rating, give us comments, tell us what we can do, share with your friends and family, because yeah, it's a law show, but hopefully it's something that's a little bit different and more normal than just the law show. Yeah. And, you know, subscribe on YouTube, YouTube, like, comment. Um, We would love to hear if you guys have any other topics that you're interested in. Yeah, Um, tell us. We have tons we love to talk about, (laughs) but we, you know, want to incorporate and get you guys sort of engaged with us. So if there's something you think would be an interesting to hear about, maybe something you don't understand um, that you've seen, let us know because we'll talk about it. (laughs) We will absolutely talk about it. Put it in there. We'll shout you out, respond to it. We can even do it on small TikToks, do little pieces and Mm -hmm. snippets bits we love to engage we hope that you are engaged we hope that you like us like subscribe comment, rate, comment everything catch us every tuesday yeah so yes for the lawn scripted catch us every tuesday that me and chelsea we're gonna be well, here we'll talking be here. <laughs> <laughs> hope to hope you're enjoying it and mm-hmm. truly take a listen take a take a peek at other things yeah. check us out on social media And um, for those of you in Maryland and Northern Virginia, check out Tarani Law LLC because you never need a lawyer. Till you do.